forget about it. The world is mourning the passing of Rob Thomas today, and nobody's got you covered like the iZombie podcast with Robin and Steph, a fan podcast about the CW show iZombie. This tweet just came in from Carlos Santana. Heaven just got a little bit smoother. Hashtag stop the comedy bits. My name is Robin, <laughs> and let me stress that I'm not really television good. I'm just podcast good. <laughs> That's great. Uh, I'm Stephanie. And you can't kill me. I can't die unless you shoot me in the eye. <laughs> Sound off. One, two. Oh, I've got more of those for for later. Uh, so, yeah. Oh, my God. We're back. This is amazing. Oh, my God, finally. Season three. Oh, my God. It was amazing. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. I, I. This is just – it's so crazy to watch this show. I mean – we re- we did a nice uh, binge binge watch rewatch leading up to it, and I love those episodes too. But it was just something about a new episode. It's just so nice and crisp and shiny, and it just you take a it smells so fresh. <laughs> it's so comfortable. It's like putting on a a blanket, mm. a warm blanket. Yes, just giving me all those that that new material, that the new new things to think about, the relationships. All this uh, stuff from Fillmore Graves to talk about. I was like, mmm, let's just biting in and chewing. It's mm, nummy. New eye zombie. <laughs> Do we have news? Yeah, yeah, I've got some news. Actually, um, right. a lot of news that I have, I had. I have to save for a spoiler section at the end because it's kind of like, what's coming up in the future, you know, kind of stuff. And I'm sure people don't want to hear about it. But um, I did want to quickly mention, I mean, well, very, very quickly mentioned. I watched one thing. I watched was the the MacGyver episode um, with Ali Machaka, and that was fun. Even though MacGyver is not really my kind of show, but you know, because it's very procedural, and you just kind of watch the beats happen. And it's, it's this whole printing press they have over at CBS. It's nothing new, <laughs> but uh, Ali was great. She played like kind of like a female MacGyver. So she. Oh, awesome! Yeah, yeah. Um, what color was her hair? Was her hair golden, like honey colored, or was it dark? It, it's it was Peyton hair. I believe she must okay. have shot it probably after she got done with uh, season three of I Zombie, because she she looked like Peyton just in a different setting. Okay. Um, the other thing I saw was the first episode of Dimension Four Hundred Four, which uh, debuted, of course, uh, the same day as the I Zombie season three premiere, April fourth. So um, this uh, this episode stars uh, Robert Buckley, <laughs> and uh, I kind of uh, gave you a link to it. Did you check it out? No, I have I haven't had time. Okay. Is it like X Filesy? Is it like it? I was I was Black Mirror. I was chuckling at the opening credits because this is like a sci-fi anthology series. But I mean, the opening credits might as well be just be reading the script from the. The, the Twilight Zone Because it's very much the Twilight Zone Or Outer Limits Or something like that But it's, um, I don't know, like Black Mirror is very um, You know, our phones are going to kill us And here are stories about that This is more of like a goofy uh, well, At least the first episode Was kind of like It was fun and kind of twisted um, But, I mean, kind of leaning on This is kind of like a ridiculous situation and okay, yeah, I not dark. It's it's there's some dark moments to it, but it's not Black Mirror dark. I I I'd, I'd love to talk about it more, but 
there's something, there's a big kind of twist that happens. Um, let me just say that from our perspective, like Robert Buckley can do, can do no wrong. And he just, kinda, <laughs> he's just awesome in this episode. I mean, if you love Robert Buckley, um, you got to check this episode out. It is really, it's, it's a lot of Buckley and a lot of Buckley you've, you haven't quite seen before it Ooh. it's very interesting and i don't know i he made me laugh a lot in this in this so um yeah i'll just have to say check it out and you know i will definitely check it out yeah and uh and, and listeners if you check it out or if you've seen it you know tweet us or email us let, let us know what you thought of it because uh I, I not a lot of people talking about it we kind of i pl- kind of plugged it on on our twitter but um yeah yeah mm-hmm. Um, let's see. What else? Uh, do I need to talk about the ratings? <laughs> uh, how were they? I, and this is the interesting thing about, uh, doing our recording a day earlier than we usually do it. Um, on Wednesdays, like the day after we just have the early ratings with the mm-hmm. early ratings, say it's a point four, and less than a million people tuned in. What? Yeah. That's I, crazy. Uh, yeah. I don't know. Whatever. I really was hoping we'd beat Prison Break, <laughs> which was which was returning uh, at the same time. And it's really funny because Robert Knapper was uh, on two different networks uh, this evening. <laughs> one on Teabag, one playing Angus. Um, but uh, yeah, they beat us too. Um, but I'm sure that number is going to go up as soon as the uh, DVR and streaming stuff comes in. And oh, definitely. You know, I swore last year that I wouldn't harp on this stuff so much this year. So that's what I'm just going to say. Point four, less than a million. Who cares? Whatever. We love the show. Um, the last bit of news I have um, is this great article from IndieWire that I posted on our Facebook page and in our group um, and also on Twitter. Um, and it, it's just really – it's like a, a different article of you know getting people ready for iZombie than I've seen before. And the, the way they framed it was uh, just basically they sat down with Rob and Diane and weighed uh, different scenario scenarios for the end of the show. And really it was kind of hypothetical because they're not exactly planning on the show ending anytime soon. Um, and so they, they go through different scenarios. They went through like, okay, so zombies win – Duh. And what humans win? What happens there? Um, the other scenario was they live in harmony. And of course, the last scenario is a cure is found. So everybody's human. Um, and I won't really get into that, take a look at it. But I wanted to actually read about their thoughts on how um, uh, they'd end the show, iZombie. If they were, in, they were, they were just to immediately say, this is how we'd end it. And. Uh, <laughs> Don't worry, folks, not spoilery. <laughs> just want to say that right away. Um, uh, Rob Thomas said, We talked about finding a cure just as soon as both my kids' college have been paid for. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we've talked broadly about what upcoming seasons were going to be, but we haven't talked about, like, and then at the end of season seven, it's over. And then Diane Rogerio Diane Wright uh Pipes in and says, we jokingly talked about a cure at the end of season seven and then werewolfism comes just as it's cured. Somebody gets scratched by a wolf and it's like, oh, now we need to contend with this. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I think that'd be a fun way to end the show. Like all of a sudden a, a brand new thing comes up and it's not zombies. I werewolf. 
All right, so that's that's it for the news. Not much else. I mean, all the news really is is oh my god, new season of iZombie, uh, and people are kind of talking about it. And we'll yeah, I've seen all these articles. Of, this show is great. Why are you not watching? That's good. There should be more of those out there. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Um. Yeah, and I, I I even posted one on my personal Facebook page because there's a lot of people that I'm friends with that just like have no interest at all and they know i host a podcast so hello <laughs> maybe it's because i host a podcast uh maybe i'm breaking <laughs> down the viewership um oh whether he's gonna expect us to listen to his podcast i'm not watching this show anyway so <laughs> let's get into our episode discussion the episode's called heaven just got a little bit smoother and it's written by rob thomas excuse me <clears throat> friend of the pod rob thomas and uh, directed by <clears throat> friend of the pod Dan Etheridge. Uh, so, Steph, I just gotta—I'm just gonna fire right at you. Like before we like dig into each of these things, like what were your first impressions? Um, my first, imp- the first thing that I want to say is, or I wanted to ask you: Does it seem to be less comedic? Did it seem to be more uh, serious? Less. <laughs> More of a drama, not melodrama, but like, and or is it because there was um, the you know the murders mm-hmm. that uh, the show's tone was a little different? Is it the mm. military vibe that makes it different? What do you think? I think there's a lot of serious things that they're dealing with. People have been murdered. Like a whole like building full of people got blown up. Um. Robbie's Robbie, of course, who is like like the focal point of humor on the show a lot of the times. Like he is down in the dumps about the whole blink. Yeah. Thing. So unfortunately, we can't get much humor from him, and usually it's it's mostly self deprecating humor. Um, Major, what he's going through, he's usually funny, but he's not feeling very funny. Nobody's feeling like Liv is trying to avoid bursting into tears. And Clive is just accepting all this, and Peyton is is pretty much as well. Like she just got kidnapped, so nobody's in a humorous place, unfortunately. I think they, I think they tried to get humor where they could. I mean, with Donnie, a little bit of that there, um, but mostly it's. I think it was just like dealing with the repercussions of uh, the season two finale and setting us up for what we're going to deal with in this season. And uh, I don't know. I guess there's not a lot of humor to come out of there because there's a lot of like holy, holy crap stuff that happens and not a lot of like, I don't know. Let's talk about Game of Thrones. <laughs> you know? All right. So uh, sorry that we have a little uh, technical difficulties. There is a, a, a storm or something coming near Steph's house. So we have Steph on the phone now. So hopefully you guys are okay. It sounds good enough. Yeah, I hate this. I hate when podcasts do this, but we have to, it's got to be done. Yeah. All right. So uh, let's uh, get into the episode. Um, so a couple things I wanted to mention up top. Um, I mean, the first thing is that uh, Allie's in the credits, which is awesome. Oh, yeah. That's great. Like in the like, – the best friend. The best friend, and I like how her, her how her eyes move back and forth. <laughs> in it, um, there's also there's no case really until the very end. There's a little case that gets set up, so I'm assuming that's why they wanted to do like a 
uh, a two hour season premiere when they first were scheduling this. Because I'm assuming that this this case goes into the next episode too. Yeah, well, there's there's a lot of things that are not uh, wrapped up. Just like we meet Ravi's old boss that sacked him from the CBC. Yep. And then they have to run out because there's a uh, you know the the murders. Yeah. But and then the murders. That's you know nothing comes of of it. I'm sure that will. You know, be uh, a a lot in the the, the season. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, we'll we'll definitely talk about that when we get to it. But uh, yeah, yeah, it's very important. Um, the other thing I had at the top of the episode, just to mention, this is like just this beautiful, bright, shiny episode. We, I mean, everything. So much daylight. Fillmore Graves' campus has just got this lot of glass and sun beaming through everywhere. I just feel like you know, and you're watching it in HD. You know, the show's colors just pop so well, and when it's not all like nighttime or all interior stuff, you know. So I'm glad they got out more, and that Fillmore Graves is kind of set up in a way that you get a lot more natural light. In on the scenes, you know. Yeah, and you see the the trees outside the 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 mountains. Yep. Oh yeah, that nice scene out on the deck after 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 Fillmore Graves, where Clive is talking to Major and Liv. That whole background looked great, you know. Yeah. Um, oh, and he was late because he was on time. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right. <clears throat> uh, let's 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 get right into it. Uh, so. Um, the episode this takes place two point eight minutes later, according to the uh, <laughs> the title card, uh, which is a great play on twenty eight days later, twenty eight weeks later, two point eight minutes later. Oh, I was wondering what that meant. Yeah, and I'm glad we didn't, um, you know, do like three months later, like a normal hiatus, or like nearly a year later, if you really wanted to factor in real time. Um, but we're seeing like right after. The, re- the results of all this stuff that happened in the finale, um, not just from this explosion that they do, but um, just how everybody's lives are so messed up. Yeah. All these or a.k.a. all these great character uh, moments and mm-hmm. issues going on. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so this the, the story that they're going to set up is that the. Uh, People started freaking out on Max Rager. Vaughn's soldiers then shot up the place. And uh, also it turns out that the Chaos Killer's victims were locked in the basement. So it kind of – it's like a like neat little bow. Um, but uh, – and then Clive starts worrying about the crime scene and that's when uh, Vivian has the place blown up. We think of everything. Um, so – but meanwhile, over at the other crime scene, we have Kavanaugh. I guess you know Peyton or Robbie must have called um, the cops about the whole kidnapping thing. And uh, there's four dead yeah, bodies. This was, yeah, go ahead. This was a great exposition scene mm-hmm. because Kavanaugh was like, "I don't understand. You did the, <laughs> you know." He was like, "I don't know what's going on," and uh, you know the the romantic. Triangle. Yeah. People, they didn't really want to talk about it because Robbie's feeling terrible about himself because he he wasn't a part of it. He didn't help rescue Peyton. Mm-hmm. Peyton and he really rubs it in. Kavanaugh does. Yeah. 
He's like, it wasn't reciprocated. He's like, I, did you write that down? He's like, I don't know how to spell that word. <laughs> <laughs> and Peyton tells him he needs to call the mayor. He was like, yeah, I got the mayor on speed dial. And she was like, I've got her number. Are you ready? Here's her number. <laughs> yeah, that's a great Peyton moment. Uh, and then we have a, a regroup session, you know, it's, uh, at lives live in Peyton's, uh, everybody has problems with, uh, you know, Robbie upset about the relationship major worrying about, um, um, what's her name? Natalie, uh-huh. Clive newly learning about zombies and everything. And, yeah. uh, yeah, Peyton just freshly released from being kidnapped and held at gunpoint. Yeah, and uh, Liv trying not to think about uh, that she just killed her boyfriend. Right. I like that we have this moment with, of outrage from Major about Peyton's involvement with Blaine because obviously he knows how evil Blaine is, or at least was. <laughs> yeah, it, but I think he was mostly shocked that he didn't know. Yeah. yeah. It's like, what? I like that much, much like Kavanaugh, Clive figures it right out. You know, obviously that means that... Uh, Blaine has some sort of relationship with Peyton. Yeah. Um, and poor Ravi is all bitter. Um, so uh, Liv is just like, there's no secrets anymore. We have our our goal here. We need to find out what Vivian Stoll's plan is. Uh, she's talked about zombie home, homeland. I need to figure out what that is. And so she decides to um, um, – Bring both sides of the argument. There's the there's the side. It's like, oh gosh, we need to worry about the zombies. And then there's Nets Major, and then there's the side of, holy crap, you know, I might need to prevent a zombie apocalypse. And that's Clive. Um, yeah. Well, but Liv doesn't believe that people will automatically go. Uh, Sadie, what are you doing? Uh, you know, Major believes that people are going to react. Uh, kind of like people are reacting about terrorism. Yeah. Just like irrational, jump to conclusions, uh, you know. Fear. A lot of fear. Fear. You know? Especially yeah. zombies, you know. <laughs> but yeah, it definitely has those parallels to some real life, you know, how how hate crimes happen, how people's defenses get really hunched up a little bit um, too much. Um, so it's 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 got some good commentary in there, and uh, mm-hmm. and it's not like they answer the question either. And we'll we'll see where Vivian's plot is going in a bit. But I do want to talk about some of our side plots here, um, and that's we'll start with uh, with Donnie, um, Donnie looking for the drug money, the lucky you money, and he thinks that Blaine made everything up, the amnesia thing, because you know if people took the cure, then he'd lose business. And also, as a bonus, Peyton. (laughs) I love this scene. I think this guy does a fantastic job. Because in the middle of that rant, he does that little impersonation of Blaine. (laughs) And it's beautiful. Oh, I love it. That made me so happy. (laughs) And then he's like, oh, you could win an Emmy, but just because you're TV good. I mean, you're no Daniel Day-Lewis or anything. (laughs) (laughs) And, um, and and Blaine's like, you know, oh, I was involved, and you had me going out and getting food, and you were bossing me around, and you were making me leave the room when you were talking about business. I think this is my money. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's interesting. And I like how they commented on that because we were I, – I, I mean I, I remember bringing that up while we were doing the rewatch. Uh, you know, when – does Blaine know that these guys were using him? Um, and uh, yeah, this whole – this whole scene, you know, he gives a whole bit about the two weeks notice. Not, you're not going to get a letter of recommendation from me. But I'm just, you know, that's one of the big mysteries of this as we go into the season is, is Blaine lying? Is he? No. I mean, Donnie was saying, well, you know, you would tell me, you would let me in on it if you were lying. Right. I can see you doing this because uh, you want Peyton to fall in love with you and see you in a different light. But, but I mean... Going to the, this drastic, you know, to to get a girl, it seems like a lot. It seems like a huge commitment to pretend to have no memory. Yeah, but he's also he also mentions about the brain business, you know, um, that uh, he doesn't want people taking Ravi's cure because if they take it, cure number two, as we learn about later, um, they'll lose their memories. And who um, wants to lose their memories? Um, oh, that's true. But I don't know. You know, it's it's weird. I mean, I'm I'm basically throughout this episode, I am just studying Blaine. You know, I'm I'm analyzing every little response he makes, and I keep going back and forth. He seems to be getting that. Like he he was kind of like uh, I don't know. He just seemed kind of like uh, more innocent at the end of last season, more naive. Mm-hmm. Um, and here he's getting some of that like wit back that. I don't know, that little edge back. And I wonder yeah. if it's A, like, if it's he's lying, or B, he's getting more comfortable with the people around him. Yeah, he's he's learning things about himself and different things, yeah. I believe. So let's just follow this little Donnie thing to the end. Um, uh, so he tells him to... Basically, I hate to sound like your mother, but maybe you did look in the last place you left it, and that was Chief. So he goes down and checks Chief's body, and there's no button. And it was funny. I was like, oh, Chief's doing a little cameo just to kind of lay there covered in frost. <clears throat> um, but underneath on the bottom cart, he finds a fr- frozen Angus. <laughs> um, and so he was like, oh, he'll be valuable. Yeah. And him. if. Blaine does have amnesia. He doesn't remember. He might remember that he has a father, but he might not remember about having him frozen in the freezer. Um, so later we see Donnie thawing Angus out on his couch with a hairdryer. And for some reason, Angus is wearing like cut off jean shorts and a Slayer t-shirt. <laughs> so I don't know what that's about. Do you have any idea what that, um, why he would no. be wearing that stuff? I mean, is it torture for him to wear, you know, a grunge person's clothes or were they just trying to make him freeze more by having him wear maybe, less clothing? I don't know. Maybe when Major snatched him and maybe he took his clothes and put his clothes on a dummy. Oh, yeah. And put it in the river. Maybe he found Angus at a Slayer concert. Just saying. Uh, <laughs> all right. So so he tells Angus about Blaine's alleged condition. And he says – he cites the quote, enemy is my enemy. Enemy of my enemy is my friend is a quote from the light – from the last Star Trek movie. Oh, yeah. Which I looked up and that quote was used in uh, Star Trek Into Darkness. So 
I'm like, oh man, this immediately makes me think of the timeline. Are are we in a pre-Star Trek Beyond world? And just as a reminder, Star Trek Beyond came out July 2016. So are we are we in like early 2016, late 2015? <laughs> no, he just said the latest Star Trek. Just yeah, the last Star Trek that came out. That's not the last Star Trek movie. The last Star Trek well, movie it, is Beyond. I don't, it doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> We're thinking it, Robin. Uh, hey, come on. I'm I'm looking for the clues. Rob Thomas is secretly talking to me through my television set. Um, so, of course, the uh, quote I don't I say of course because it's not like I didn't just learn this. I knew that quote didn't come from a Star Trek movie, but I right. but, but I looked it up what Angus was saying, and it's uh, Cautilia's Arthashastra, and the actual quote is. Uh, a king whose territory has a common boundary with that of an antagonist is an ally. And also, ah. every neighboring state is an enemy, and the enemy's enemy is a friend. <laughs> so ah. that's what it says in the actual book. So, whatever. Um, so, so Donnie thinks, hey, you have money. Let's let's start the brain business again. I got uh, the customer list. He stole the customer list. Well, he didn't steal. Blaine gave it to him, actually. And now that he's a zombie, he's got a, his own little scratching nail. So um, let's get this started. And Angus is all in, but he says that he's thinking too small. Mm-hmm. So how does one make a brain business larger? I mean, looking for I, I higher know. clientele. Um, I assume he meant getting back at Blaine. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure that's in the cards, but yeah, I'm just thinking maybe business-wise, he's thinking of ways to market this. <laughs> I don't know. I guess we'll find out. So um, let's go over to uh, – I have basically like Ravi and Blaine stuff back and forth here. Um, and then we're going to talk about Major and then we're going to talk about, of course, the all the stuff we learned at Fillmore Graves is to, to close out our recap. But – um, so, uh, Ravi wishing he had soldier brain. He keeps imagining Blaine and Peyton sleeping together and Liv doesn't care. And even says, uh, like Ravi called, uh, Peyton, his precious, <laughs> She's, uh. you don't plan on throwing her a Mount doom, do you? <laughs> um, and we also have, okay. So Blaine is harvesting brains. He's doing the job down in shady plots. Um, and, uh, that's when we hear the little Santana quote. And uh, so Peyton comes down and he says that Mr. Boss is, has run to Montenegro and we can't uh, can't get him out of that country. So can't extradite. Yeah. And can I say, oh my gosh, how bad did you want Blaine to just grab her? I mean, that chemistry between them two is <gasps> just yeah, hot, hot, hot. Oh my. <laughs> Did you not think so? I mean, I see the chemistry. They are both two very attractive people and you know, they're they're firing back and forth off each other, I think, quite a bit. There's there's uh there's there's chemistry, there's tension, of course they've slept together. Um and you know, she it's like she knows that and he's kind of heard that and he's like, Wow, I had sex with her. But there's also the fact that he might just be pretending, so we'll keep that <laughs> possibly. But um, 
Yeah, I'm 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 not I'm not for it. You're for it? That's I'm for it. Okay. I don't know if I'm for Ravi and Peyton as as like this that's the other option. I mean, I'm fine with Peyton just being, you know, best friend and not having to be in a relationship, you know, and uh-huh. just being a part of the group, but I don't know. I'm 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 worried about what's going to happen to Peyton as a result of, I mean, she's already been kidnapped and held at gunpoint. Um, what more could happen? Of course, I don't know. What Liv's getting into might be pretty treacherous too. So who knows? Um, oh, I forgot to mention Blaine's singing in this episode. What did you think? Uh, what did I think? Yeah, I wasn't a fan. Uh, really? Yeah, I I love David Anders singing in all the other episodes, but the two songs he sang here. He was like doing a higher octave than the actual song, and it just sounded off huh. to me. I, I just I enjoy in whatever he does. I enjoy everything he does. <laughs> yeah. Everything. Uh, maybe I'm just being a little bit too critical, but I was like, oh, we got two instances of him singing. We have him singing along with Smooth, which is weird because he's singing along with Rob Thomas, but he's a higher octave than Rob Thomas, so it sounds like weird to the ears to hear them both singing. So I, I just kind of tossed it off as that. But later we see him singing You Keep Me Hanging On in the old uh, organ. And even then I was like, oh, I don't know if I'm, this is working for me. But, oh, it works for me. Okay. Well, direct all the hate mail to me. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, the, another thing we learn here. There's a, uh, there's a cremation chamber. Chamber. Like a chamber where you can cremate bodies. Which sounds like a uh, something that uh, we didn't know about before, but uh, something that might... Like something that might come back later? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Like we need to get rid of, like, a militia of <laughs> zombies. Let's just throw them all in the cremation chamber. <laughs> you know, I don't know if a chamber means a walk-in chamber or, or like, you know, your classic, like, slide them through the little hatch... Let uh-huh. them burn and then pull out the ashes kind of chamber. I'm assuming uh-huh. it's that. But yeah, it's something that definitely will come back. Mm-hmm. What if it will be in the finale? Yeah, yeah. Um, so Blaine mentioned something about not knowing why Mr. Boss was interested in him also. And I, I just kind of noted that this is, this is the frustrating thing about this. Is it amnesia? Is it not plot? <laughs> Because at one point I'm like, if it is amnesia, I want him to ask more. I, I want to know what his reaction is going to be to him, like learning he was, I don't know, a drug dealer. He caused people to get killed, you know, in that fra- in that fashion. I guess you can't get any worse than learning about murdering a bunch of teenage runaways. So he knows about that. I don't know. Anyway, I'm like, is it important? Is it because it's not important enough to explain, or um, or if it's if it is, if you know, if it isn't too important to explain, is it because it's his amnesia is not real? I, I don't know. Anyway, sorry. <laughs> so, moving on. Um, unless you had something else you wanted to say about that scene. Uh, no, I don't remember that. About the whole thing where he doesn't remember why he says something offhand about not really knowing why he was so important to Mister Boss. Uh, I don't remember that at all. Yeah. Was that during the Kavanaugh scene or was that with Peyton? No, it, or was yeah, it was that with Peyton with... when he was asking her like, hey, you know, um, 
I forget the, the exact lines. I don't have the word, the transcript in front of me or anything, but like there, it was around where he was asking her, like, did we go out or something? Did we have a relationship? And it kind of cuts off there. But before he mentions about being important to Mr. Boss and not really understanding that whole thing. I didn't catch that. I know that she was very jumpy because she had just been kidnapped. Yeah. And it's like she's, she's got tough traumatic stress. Like, but she knows that Stacy Boss is not in the country. But I guess she could his his minions could come for her, and yeah. uh, they had, they had made uh, an agreement that they wanted to if she was if she somebody to talk to she would play cards or something. And right. then he said, "I've got my idea. Were we a couple?" And then, <laughs> but I didn't catch anything about how that he wasn't sure that why Stacy Boss cared about him. It might not be important at all. Um, just to kind of, we can kind of close out the whole Peyton Blaine stuff. I mean, there's this one little thing that's a mystery for later. It's uh, Peyton is talking to some friend on the phone that she hasn't talked to in a while. And this person yeah. is one of her like 20 followers on Twitter. And Peyton's getting some sort of like uh, messages on Twitter that's, she says, ugly, some scary ugly stuff. stuff. Yeah. Yeah. What could that be? I don't know. Uh, I, I also suffered from overthinking this too, <laughs> because I know if somebody that I'm not friends with tweets somebody that I'm friends with, it doesn't mean that I'm see- I can't see there I can't see that unless I actually look for it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh-huh. Yeah. So how did this friend see that somebody was tweeting her ugly stuff unless she was following that person that was sending the ugly stuff? <laughs> I mean, you know, unless somebody is running Peyton's account and like retweeted it. Or they just clicked on her. They clicked on her account. I I don't know. I yeah, don't know. like if you type into search like at Peyton Charles, you can see like what her mentions are. I guess if they wanted to look up her mentions specifically, yeah. But if she's not actually on Twitter at all, I wouldn't see any sort of reason for her to do that. Unless she was like, "I miss Peyton. I'm going to type her name into Twitter." Oh. Uh, and, and have it have those tweets show up in the search rather than just simply going clicking on her account. Twitter, it's a place. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, the only other thing I have here is you keep me hanging on, and Peyton calls uh, Blaine because Ravi ignores her phone call. And uh, just a note, she called Livin' Major, then she called Ravi, then she called Blaine. So, mm, might be some sort of hope for Ravi. Oh yeah, well, but Ravi's going to miss his like he's he's like it's like a self fulfilling prophecy. Yeah. Like Blaine, I'm jealous. Of Blaine, Blaine, uh, and and Peyton. This well, I'm going. My feelings are hurt, so I'm ignoring Peyton. Goes to to Blaine. Like like it's Ravi's worst nightmare. You know, has come true. Yeah. All right, so. Uh, I want to talk a little bit about Ravi here. We have a scene where Ravi shows, and I'm like hitting pause on like every second of the scene as he's explaining this to Clive. But he's got 17 syringes of capital T, the capital C, cure. (laughs) The cure. That That causes memory loss. Yes. And it turns out that that's cure number two. Uh, Cure Uh number one is what Major took, and that uh, Mm -hmm. is going to make him die of pneumonia. Cure number two makes people lose memories. Um, so 
I guess Ravi's given up on seeing if cure number two works on, I mean, I guess he doesn't have any other volunteer zombies that are willing to lose their memories or that they hate enough to make them lose their memories. You know uh-huh. how they were they were trying to do that with Vaughn. They were th- him and Major were thinking yeah. about kidnapping Vaughn and turning him into a zombie, and then trying that out to see if that cure number two actually really does give you amnesia. Because who uh-huh. cares if Vaughn loses all his memories? But now they don't have a person like that. So now he's got a new experiment. He has a brain in a jar. He's got all these different electrodes plugged into it, and he says he's working on a formula to reverse memory loss. Give me that formula, Ravi. <laughs> I know. Real. Um, I started writing down all the science stuff, but I then uh, scribbled it out and wrote science stuff. Yeah. Um, See, I don't, like, what is he going to do? Is he going to stick electrodes in people's brains? Like, how is it, it going to work? Right. I have, I have no idea. Like, he's going to – I'm assuming there's going to be some sort of thing where he, like, puts a hat on somebody's head and – Shocks them. <laughs> um, so Clive brings up the question of like, okay, so who is going to get these 17 syringes and uh, what do we do with the rest of the zombies? And Clive, of course, is kind of spooked by the whole um, Fillmore Graves thing we'll, we'll talk about. Um, but uh, the last bit of side plot for Ravi is when um, he and Liv get a body that comes in. And this body is was in a trunk in the Max Rager parking lot. That's what they say. <laughs> mm-hmm. And with this body comes Dr. Caddy Cups <laughs> from the CDC. Um, that's a name, Caddy Cups. <laughs> what do you think mm-hmm. about that? It's very comic book. <laughs> yeah. Um, alliterative. Uh, so this is Ravi's old friend who fired him. And I went back to the pilot and looked up, uh, well, at least the transcript for the pilot. And he said that he was he was fired, um, and he doesn't specifically say he was fired because he was warning them of zombies. But he kind of alludes to it in his discussion with Liv, and he said mm-hmm. that there's a biological war coming. So that's why he was fired. So Doctor Cups is here to check out that these manic episodes that. Uh, um, Happened at Max Rager uh, Were just because of Max Rager Not because of something, you know, contagious Which, good on them Because that makes a lot of sense (laughs) You know, that the CDC would come investigate Yeah And so they do a quick autopsy There's awkwardness And they find brains in the digestive tract And the body looks like it's been dead Yeah, and she believes that the body looks like it's been dead for a long time Yep So, you know, at first I'm like Um I'm like, oh man, you know, this this is a zombie. You know, we don't want her, this girl from the CDC, an outsider, looking too closely into zombies because we don't want the word of zombies to get out. And that's, of course, not the only place in this episode where that's in danger. But, um, but also, uh, I don't know, uh, where did this zombie come from? It, it, it was in a trunk in the Max Rager parking lot. I just don't get it. And it looked like a female too So I was immediately like They need to clear up immediately that that's not Natalie But I think oh. it's, I think it looked like it had red hair So Natalie didn't have red hair So um, Yeah have- see that's, a, that's So many things that uh, Are left you know Open 
in the first episode that need to be explained. Right, right. Um, and we're still not done. Um, major, uh, major spot. He they pull up to his house, and his house is destroyed, is vandalized. Uh, yeah, and he goes to a, a a coffee shop, and he buys o he buys orange juice like OJ. He like <laughs> the title he, title card says feeling like an OJ. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, yeah. The newspaper says uh, 102 Max Rager employees killed in a launch party shootout uh, fire. Chaos killer victims found in the basement. And there's this nice photo of Major, even though he's, it's cleared up that he's not associated with this. It's still like I don't know. People see you in public and you're associated with this, and you were suspected of this. You still, I mean, it's it. it People would be kind of naturally afraid of you, or yeah, it's like the it's like the whole terrorism thing that we were saying. It's just yeah, irrational fear. Yeah, um, um, I like that. Uh, during this scene, uh, a nice eighties uh, hit by the Human League called uh, "Human." Uh, I'm only human, born to make mistakes. <laughs> <laughs> and the barista actually writes "Chaos Killer" on his coffee cup. Uh. I'm just like, and what the f- <laughs> Yeah, that's pretty... Yeah, and he's looking for jobs in the paper, and the only jobs he can find are, you know, low-level yeah. jobs even, nobody wants. <laughs> he even gives up on that after that incident. He leaves the newspaper behind. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't know about that whole barista thing. I, I, was, I was kind of like, what barista would do that? <laughs> like... To literally just call him out like that, you know? I don't know. Maybe it's somebody who's... Hey, people are getting rude. Have you saw the video of the woman going off on the couple that... uh... Oh, the kissing couple? Yes. Yeah. Oh, boy. Because people can write all this stuff on the internet. They're doing it in real life now. Mm -hmm. They're like, I'm offended. I'm mad. I'm an American. I don't have to deal with that. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah, that video... Folks, if you want to have a video that'll give you like a, you know, little trigger of rage, that's that's <laughs> one. Um, and yeah, at the end, we find out that Major um, got a job at Fillmore Graves because he says, oh, no one so cares there if you've been publicly accused of being a serial killer. Yeah, and it's perfect for him. Yeah. It's, you know, he's uh, he's working out, he's being physical, he's uh, a part <laughs> yeah. of a group, kind of like, you know, Kind of like being on the football team. Yeah. You know, it's just perfect. Yeah. So let's take a voyage over to uh, the big part of this episode, which is what happens uh, at Fillmore Graves and after that. So, um, which uh, I love the, t- the title credit. It says Zombieland. <laughs> uh-huh. But, um. Vivian talks about, can you hear me? Yeah. Uh, she talks about Zombie Island. So. Yeah, yeah. Oh my gosh. Uh, okay. Well, first off, there's soldier chants. Okay, and I actually have the soldier chants on my phone. They posted. You know how they have those alternate things in the writers' room we talked about. You know, um, for other things. For this one, they have um, soldier chants. Now, if you weren't on the phone, I'd have you repeat them after me as if we're marching. But I'll just read them to you. <laughs> um, okay. You can't kill me. I can't die. Unless you shoot me in the eye. Uh-huh. Uh, excuse me, sir, you're looking pale. 
don't drink kombucha or eat kale. <laughs> don't eat Uh-oh. nothing from what? huh? Say that again. Excuse me, sir. You're looking pale. Don't drink kombucha or eat kale. Uh huh. Don't eat nothing from Veggie Patch. The greatest things are made from scratch. Ah. If you want guts, then guts you'll eat. This piece of mind tastes oh so sweet. <laughs> Sweat and tears because I don't bleed. Mind over matter is my creed. Like peanut butter, we will spread and get inside our enemies' heads. And finally, clip my nails and get some sun. Then sing this song while I run. <laughs> Uh, Sound off. Uh, yeah. They had to have something uh, compact and. Yeah. You know. Um. So yeah, there's the whole thing where Clive is Clive is late because he's on time. <laughs> <laughs> and I love what they said. Uh, Major said, "If we were on conductor's brain, it would be the same thing." <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> train conductor. Uh. So. Uh, we see Vivian um, watching a newscast, and we see that she, she mentioned uh, at the beginning of the episode that survivors of the Max Rager party were carted off in ambulances so they can get the story straight. And um, so this guy's on camera, and he says uh, that they were used as guinea pigs for Max Rager because if you, um, you they they might have had some dealings with Vaughn, and if you crossed him, um, like he says he dropped his stocks or something like that. Then all of a sudden you woke up in that cell being used for. Yeah. They made it sound like Vaughn was doing this as a, uh, to get back for business dealings. Right. right. So Vivian gives the rundown of what's going on here. So here we go. Uh, there's only a couple of dozen non zombies in the loop and that they're trust and if they're trusted or not, um, or those, those ones are trusted rather. And she talks about D-Day, which is Discovery Day. Um, and that's when humans learn of their existence, what happens, and doubts – and she really doubts that uh, humans are going to, like, help them. <laughs> the show uh, – from the beginning of the show, it's like it's not been said. It's kind of unsaid that uh, we're just worried about, you know, when people find out. People are going to find out. It's, you know, eventually it's going to happen. Right. Um, Andrea Savage, by the way, is a great addition to this cast. I really like her. She's she's not like hammy like some other like possible big bads have been. She's I don't know. She seems real. What do you think of her? Yeah, I really I really like her because she talks about her husband. He he was being extorted. So was that Blaine? That's definitely Blaine. Extorted for yeah. $25,000 in particular, that sounds yeah. a lot like Blaine. Yeah, she said that she's going to meet him one day and he's going to pay for being on zombie. Uh, um. Um, but just her story, uh, she would rather be a zombie than live without him. And right. then he just didn't come home from work one day. Yeah, she like scratched herself while he was sleeping. Yeah. Um. Yeah, so let's back up a little bit here. Um, the, the in the first thing she's talking about, like how the how she gets the brains. The brains that they eat all come from crematoriums, which is interesting because Blaine has one. Uh-huh. Um, and uh, 
they're building an army. It's a well-armed and well-trained army. And uh, um, Max Rager, with Max Rager, we are stronger and faster. <laughs> so they're like super soldiers with Max Rager. Um, so, but they were, but she, they had soldiers before the whole zombie, mm -hmm. uh, because she said her soldiers were out in equatorial Kundu. <laughs> yeah, and so they were exposed to this biological weapon, and then they were dying. So she scratched them all, and she's like their mother. Yep, and she also, you know, talked about how if they, because they got sick, um, and those who weren't sick started turning on the ones that were sick. And so she's thinking that's the same thing is going to happen between zombies and humans. Um, yeah. So zombie Island, um, when zombie Island was mentioned on, in this episode, I, uh, my eyes just popped out of my head. <laughs> I was like, Oh my gosh, really? Zombie Island. Why do you say that? Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, because uh, because it sounds so outlandish. Uh, they have their own island for themselves, and uh, where zombies. I mean, it's it's a good thing, but it's just like wow. This, you know, we were just dealing with Liv and a and a boat party and Blaine and uh, you know some runaways, and then. Uh, an energy drink company and some experiments, and now it's a, they literally own like a, a, a huge piece of land, and they're building their own community, and there's hundreds of them, and yeah, <laughs> it's it's crazy. Zombie Island. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I'm all for it. I mean, and and when I was talking about the tone, when I was talking about the tone, I mean, like the tone is more serious because it like it's. Get, it's getting bigger. Right. It's, big, it's a bigger story. So it's, a, it's encompassing a lot more people. And so, yeah, I can, I can see that. Mm -hmm. um, I want to get some of those posters. Um, don't be that guy, tan and die. Uh, your nails, no epic fails. <laughs> uh, what was it? Uh, no, what was it? Something about waste not, won't not. Yeah. Just a great spin on. Benjamin Franklin, but having it be about brains. Um, oh, they mentioned that she mentioned that there's a, the zombie Island is a year and a half from being completed. So season five. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and they have their, the school there. Like they're yep. going to have a school, but they have a, they have a school going on and all the zombie children, <laughs> zombie kids, including, uh, Wally, a kid from, uh, a kid that Clive knows. Clive knows his family. So cute. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, he's, he tells Liv that she should uh, tan and die. Oh, yeah, you should tan and die. Like the <laughs> peer pressure of this. Come on, Liv, get it together. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, Clive gives uh, his card to Vivian to pass on to uh, Wally's mother. So... Um, so anyway, we have the whole thing with the 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 debate after between Clive and Major and Liv outside, and uh, Clive is uh, worried a bit about that whole mention of the whole Supermax, you know, 
after seeing those zombies going crazy at the Max Ranger party, to think that they're going to use Supermax as uh, a way to enhance their soldiers is not not a it's not something that's going to keep you calm. I, I, I'd be worried about that. Oh, like they're going to turn against our characters. Yeah, and majors yeah, majors all in. You know. Mm-hmm. So oh, they're, could they're, there be a rift between? Could Major, you know, could he side with Fillmore Graves instead of Liv and Clive? Yeah. Yeah, just when we were hoping that Major and Clive might start getting along. (laughs) Fillmore Graves. Uh, So we also have the scene where uh, Clive and Liv race to KYKP to go see... uh, uh, recurring character Chuck Bird, played by Aaron Douglas, who was in the episode Dead Air, who uh-huh. is now like uh, like Alex Jones, I guess. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and who's got a guest on his show, who is the security guard from Salvation, Ar- Salvation yeah. Army. I love how Billy. The, you know the suspense of that. We didn't know what char- what character it was. Yeah. And I was like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. That guy, like, ran away. And, you know, people started getting mauled and he ran. So yeah. it makes sense that, you know, they didn't just, like, make up some random guy that was at the party. This was, like, you know, a character. And and he's a character that spotted Clive. And he asked a great question. He's like, wait a second. I let that guy into the party. How did he get out of the party? Oh. And it adds fuel to Chuck's fire of, like, this is a government conspiracy. What is everybody hiding? Why are the cops trying to shut him up? Yep. And so we we hear more of the radio broadcast where Chuck is talking to some guy who says his neighbors are zombies. And that the, in their trash, they found um, tubes with brains in them. And I'm wondering if that was somebody talking about Wally's family. I think so. Yeah, because that's the first, I mean, that's the first suspect, I think, uh, of who possibly killed Wally's family. But I think there's another, but we'll get to that. Um, so so the Janko brains start to wear off. Liv finally starts thinking about how she shot Drake, and it's really sad. You know, I just I didn't feel very connected to Drake, but I felt I feel connected to Liv, and I you know just to be like that was pretty crazy. That she shot the guy that she was she had fallen for. Um, so Clive takes her out drinking, and so we get a little bit of drunk Liv. But it's so like, oh, like the friendship is just, I, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of, you know, cooing or whatever, <laughs> squeeing about it. I mean, I'm, I don't think I'm, I, I don't ship the two of them together, but it's great that he, he literally like spent all night with her, drinking with her. And, um, and then when he brings her back to the morgue to sleep it off on the couch because her car's there, um, he reminds her that, you know, she didn't just kill Drake. She saved Clive's life, and uh, just so, yeah, and he because, says, go ahead. because that's why Clive is so, um, you know, into all this because he feels so thankful that Major and Liv saved his life. Yeah. Um. And so, yeah, that crime scene. We have people shot in the head, three fingernails removed from, um, and we learned. You know, I didn't know this was a a thing, but. Liv says that was his scratching hand, <laughs> you know. So I didn't know there was only certain nails you could use to infect people. I thought it was just any nail. Um, 
Max Rager like shoved into the person's coat pockets and you know, is that was that planted, you know? And we find out that this is Wally's family and Clive comes out of Wally's room after seeing his body and uh he's upset. Like this is like probably one of Malcolm Goodwin's like best scenes in this in this series, I think. Like the emotions he displays at this part um, really like affected me. I I honestly want to call out M- Malcolm Goodwin as being like the best part of this episode. Like what he does here. What do you think? Yes. <laughs> yeah, because the scene before where he hugs the little boy. Mm-hmm. I guess it was because you know kids are sometimes not good actors. That was, and I, I didn't believe that scene, but hmm. the scene with uh, Clive angry and upset. I totally about that. Uh, you didn't like the kid? I thought he was precocious enough. <laughs> it was okay, but you know, it's the it kid still never perfect. Yeah, yeah. So he, Clive, is all in now. The, he says the zombies need protection, and um, Clive says he's going to solve this, and someone's going to pay for it. Um, and uh, Liv is worried because Kavanaugh's now in charge of this case, and Kavanaugh can't learn too much about this. And um, and that's when Vivian gets a call, and she goes to Wally's classroom, and you don't hear it, but she tearful, tell, tearfully tells the class uh, about Wally's death, I think. And then uh, Liv comes up to the classroom door, and they go out in the hallway and talk. You can't hear anything. And then... Liv goes outside and Major drops by with the troops, so Major's in. So, I gotta say, Vivian is uh, like my prime suspect for uh, Wally's family's death. Oh, I didn't think I, about that. Maybe she didn't, I don't think she did it herself, um, but um, she saw that, uh, that Clive is a human that could blow their cover, didn't quite trust them, wasn't quite in. And needed a reason. And I think um, after she spotted that connection with Wally, um, she had them murdered and made it look like it was some sort of uh, – I don't know. I can't quite connect like why the Max Rager was planted on them. Um, but um, I think I think she wants Clive to be, in, to be all in. I mean the other suspect of course is that radio um, – that call in – that caller into the radio station that said his neighbors were zombies. It could have mm-hmm. been that too. I don't know, but yeah, <laughs> yeah. Because uh, like Liv told Clive, you know, zombies need to be protected, and he was like, "Yeah, but." Then after Wally's family was killed, she said, "Zombies need to be protected," and he was like, "Yeah, right. yes, I'll in." Mm-hmm. Now, what we couldn't hear with uh, Liv talking to Vivian was that she was saying that she was on her side, that she was in. Right. I'm not sure if that's what she said. It seemed like it, didn't it? Yeah. I, I mean, I can't really read lips that well, but that's no. the gist that I got. Yep. All right. Do you have anything else to say about the episode? Uh, mm, mm, Liv really should stand and die. <laughs> I don't want her to lose her look. <laughs> I don't want her to just look like Rose McIver. I like I like the look of Liv. I also liked uh, seeing her in that striped shirt in the morgue because she looked a lot like Gwen Dillon. 
Ah, uh, so. yeah. <laughs> all right. Uh, all right. So I'm going to wrap up the episode discussion and um, we're going to do some feedback, but I think I'm going to do that alone because you're on the phone. I know. Uh, I hate uh, this. It's fine. So we'll see you back for to close out the episode uh, and get into some feedback. Okay, so we'll get started here with our first bit of feedback. This is from Michael. Michael says, Hey, iZombie Podcast. I'm really looking forward to hearing you actually cover new episodes again. Yes. Your new recording schedule is going to make it hard for me to comment. Normally, I watch the episodes Wednesday night with an Amazon season pass. Oh, well. First world problems. Episode one was a great start to the season. It really looks like I. Um, it really looks like zombieism is getting close to discovery. I enjoy the dynamics between all the characters, especially now that everybody is in on the secret. I was curious how the good folks at Fillmore Graves became zombies. Turns out it was Blaine. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Part of me was hoping there was some other strain of zombies out there that originated elsewhere, but I can live with this. Yeah, yeah, I was kind of mixed myself about um, uh, finding out there was a different origin of zombies because I'm always trying to solve the zombie epidemic on this show. Uh, Continuing, I find it interesting and a bit suspicious that the one family of zombies that Clive was attached to were the ones murdered. It makes me wonder if it was arranged to make him more sympathetic to the zombie cause and bring him more fully onto Team Z. Would Vivian be that evil? I don't know, and I love it. Is she truly the caring zombie matriarch she portrays herself as, or an evil manipulator using the zombie army to gain personal power? Yeah, I guess we'll find out. I mean, I I had my suspicions too. I'm, um, yeah, uh, Clive is definitely invested, and this might be something that uh, Vivian would really want to happen. So. Continuing, uh, on a side note, it seems like if somebody were purchasing that many brains from crematoriums, somebody would say something. That's a lot of people keeping a secret, and eventually, I think it would slip out. Well, that's all for now. I've already rambled on too long. Have a great week. Thanks, Michael. This next one is from Efrex. Hey, Robin and Steph. First off, congrats to Robin on a fantastic job with the music of Season 2 episode. Thank you. Uh, I'm half convinced that you're a zombie yourself and you ate Casey Kasem's brain before recording. <laughs> yeah, I know. Uh, I, I, I definitely uh, ate a DJ's brain of some sort. It was a great spotlight on what could be easily an underappreciated aspect of the show, and I enjoyed it immensely. On to the series opener. Well, now we know why the show needed the nearly year-long hiatus. Somebody needed to develop quantum computing technology to keep track of all the plot developments, character nuances, and jokes and callbacks that Rob and Diane have thrown together. This thing is insane. I know that we were warned about Vivian Stoll not being a traditional big bad, but I did not predict her getting that dense and morally complex a backstory, and certainly not that quickly. I never thought I'd feel sympathy for the head of a military contractor who wants to create an army of super strong zombies. So many great visuals in this I cheered when Peyton appeared in the opening credit sequence. There's a fantastic waste, waste not, want not brain poster outside the Fillmore Graves classroom that I want to hang in my cubicle yesterday. Yes, I agree. They really need to sell these posters. 
uh, all the actual expected stuff is terrific. Liv, Clive, Ravi, and Peyton are trying to deal with everything that's going on. And that would be more than enough to fill out an opening episode and then some. Throw in some new plot lines with the Donnie and Angus conspiracy, the appearance of Dr. Cups to complicate things because everything was going so smoothly as it was. Oh, I like how you phrased that, Efrex. Smoothly. And Major joining Fillmore Graves, and it's a wonder the show doesn't burst at the seams. The return of Chuck Bird as an Alex Jones-type conspiracy nut, yep, is a great callback, and I wonder if he's going to come uh, an ongoing presence in the, ser- in the season. Um, to be honest, Efrex, I think I heard that uh, he does have a recurring role, maybe like another guest spot. Um, but that's, this is just stuff I've gathered by analyzing people's Twitter feeds and not being a total stalker. Continuing, I'm kind of annoyed at the ongoing tainted utopian shortage plot thread. If Ravi has the funds and equipment to research biological cures, he can get a quick GC slash mass scan, scan spec scan of the tainted utopium he already has and find out what's in there in less than an hour. I know, I know, science must always bow to storyline requirements in a show like this, but it irks me nonetheless. Also, does anyone still use newspaper classifieds to look for jobs? I got my job through an online job site 13 years ago. Get with the times, Major! All the best, Efrex. Yep. Agreed. Yeah, science, science, science. I, I, my brain kind of uh, faded away while Ravi was making his big explanation. Um, but whatever. The brain glows. That's cool. Um, all right. Well, thanks, Efrex. Uh, next up, we have a Facebook post here. I just want to make sure we get to our Facebook people. Um, thanks for writing. Um, Nikki says, once again, Rob Thomas lines up a virtual chessboard of plot lines. I look forward to seeing how they play out. Sean says, I loved it. When Clive first heard Liv is a zombie, I thought he would freak out, but he was super chill. They have almost like a brother-sister cop team. So in love with the show. Yeah, I love seeing uh, them driving to the radio station with the lights and sirens on. Uh, Frank. Hey, Frank. He says, I'm really going to miss the scenes when we see Clive's WTF face when Liv does something weird because of the brain she's on. But I love the fact that Clive is in the know now. The story of Blaine's memory loss is really interesting. Is he faking or not? Well, with what Donnie said, it makes sense that he would be. I mean, if I was dating Peyton and I was drug dealing and killing people, I would want her to think I've changed as well. I seriously hope that Major finds Natalie. I've been a fan of Brooke Lyons since her time on Two Broke Girls, and I hope she becomes a full-time character on the show. Rob Thomas can think of it as an apology present to me for killing off Rita Gilda. And... Um, Sean writes again, he says, will we see Ravi and Peyton together or is it going to be awkward after she slept with Brain, uh, Blaine? That's, that's a common mistake, folks. If you're um, new to the show, I always say brain when I mean Blaine. Um, yeah, I, uh, I'm assuming we're going to get to that point. We're going to have to work through the Blaine stuff. I'm almost like predicting that maybe Blaine's, uh, Blaine's mind, if it isn't already there, it will return, and then Peyton might end up with Robbie. But then again, uh, like I said before, I I like her on her own, and I, I like uh, yeah, I'm, you know, she doesn't need to have a man in her life. But if I'm shipping, I guess I prefer with Robbie. Um, 
yeah, since they just like got together, you know. Um, let me check our iZombie page. You can leave comments there. I put a comment thread up on our iZombie page or iZombie um, uh, Facebook group, which you can become a uh, member of. Uh, nope, nope, no feedback there. So the only thing we have left is a voicemail from our friend Jen. I'll play it now. Hey Robin, hey Steph, it's Jen. I think we're all pretty excited that episode one of season three of iZombie finally aired. So I just want to call in and give some feedback. Um, I love the new credit sequence. Uh, Peyton's in there, so that was good. Uh, I think we need to get uh, hashtag Emmy for David Anders trending. Even if Blaine doesn't necessarily get an Emmy, maybe David Anders should. Uh, overall, I really liked the episode. Um, you know, I thought that Raul was really great. Ravi's always been one of my favorites, but I think in this episode, Donnie had some great scenes. He was great. He was really engaging. He really captured my attention. Um, again, with the science, I'm not really going to touch on it, but I don't know if this comes up. If you guys discuss this, apparently it wasn't such a surprise for Vivian, maybe, that her husband left since she had to scratch herself to make herself a zombie. Apparently they never had sex since we know that, uh, zombieism is a very potent STI. Um, otherwise, I thought it was really good. I guess I sort of thought that at the end, um when Clive found the family murdered that maybe Vivian had done it to kind of buy his silence but then she seemed pretty broken up about it so I guess there's another player that we don't know about yet in Seattle who I guess does not want Seattle to be a zombie homeland uh otherwise it was just great to have them back you know um, I really liked Liv and Major on the brain. I love them being able to be open with Clive. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how long uh, the aftermath of Liv having shot Drake carries on or if it's sort of pushed aside with the new brains of the week. Um, and it's interesting to have Clive in on the secret. So all in all... You know, not not a super action-heavy episode, but I think it lays the groundwork for hopefully what's to come in Season 3. And looking forward to hearing your guys' thoughts and keeping up with the podcast as we go into Season 3. Hope you guys have a great night, and I'll talk to you later. Thanks for the voicemail, Jen. Um, folks, if you want to send in any sort of uh, email or if you want to send a voicemail in, all you have to do is just kind of record a memo on your phone. And send it on into iZombiePodcast at gmail.com. Keep it kind of short and uh, we'll pop it into the show. But I wanted to respond to Jen. Um, yeah, David Anders uh, needs an Emmy uh, for sure. Um, I definitely gave the most uh, – the MVP award to Clive this episode. But if uh, um, there's a person that would be the very close runner-up, it would be Donnie um, because, yeah, yeah, he's, he's, he's killing it. Um, uh, yeah, I think Vivian said something about, uh, her husband refused to have sex with her or something like that. And that's, uh, why she ended up scratching herself. Um, but yeah, it's a big question about, uh, Vivian's guilt. Was she play acting for the kids? Um, we did see her alone in the office when she got the phone call about Wally's family. Um, and she seemed distraught, but I don't know, you know, there's... I've seen shows before where someone's being duplicitous and, you know, they act kind of shocked for the camera and for the audience to just kind of sell the lie. 
But I hope iZombie doesn't play games with us like that. Still, she's a pretty big suspect in my in my book. All right, that's it for the feedback. Let's get back to uh, me and Steph from earlier. All right, so we're back here with Steph. And uh, I didn't want to close out this episode without you. So, and there's, there's a couple of like spoilerific things I got to talk to you about anyway. Um, but uh, so let's uh, go ahead. You're still with me, right? Yes. <laughs> okay. Let's go ahead and hear the trailer from next week's episode. This Tuesday. This is 50 year old regional bank manager, and this is his 15 year old daughter. I'm not so sure if this is the best time for me to be on Teenage Girl Brain. I'm like so grossed out right now. You okay, buddy? So this is happening. Lower the music, young man. Stop trying to control me. Major Nathaniel Lillywhite. Don't even. Oh, good God. I Zombie. All new this Tuesday at 9, 8 central on The CW. Okay, so that was the trailer for next week's episode, and here is the description of the episode, Zombie Knows Best. When Liv, Clive, and Robbie arrive at the scene to investigate a fatal car accident, they begin to suspect foul play was involved. Both starving, Liv and Major consume the brains of the accident victims, a well-meaning father and his angsty teenage daughter. Meanwhile, when Clive is brought in for questioning about a family that was murdered, he was forced to reveal his past history with them. So we're going to learn about that. Um, lastly, Peyton extends an olive branch to Ravi, and Major hits a roadblock in his search for Natalie. And that's going to be directed by Jason Bloom and written by Diane Ruggiero Wright. So I'm excited about that. Oh my gosh, it's going to be so cute. I can't <laughs> stand it. <laughs> Um, so let's, uh, I have some more, I have some spoilers here, folks. So if you're not into hearing anything more spoilerific, I would tune out. Uh, you're only going to miss a couple minutes of our show, but, uh, here they go. If you're still here. Um, so Rob Thomas was interviewed and he says that the last two seasons had mustache twirling big bads and a giant shootout in the finale. That's not the plan this season. This season is about Liv trying to figure out where she exists on the zombies versus humans world. Um, and Major has a big choice about choosing between death and losing his memories. Um, that's not too spoiler, but this is kind of spoilery. Uh, Rob Thomas actually came out and said there's uh, there's going to be no live and major relationship this year. He says this is a year of a friendship between the two. Hmm. That's and, okay because yeah. I feel like they've done it. They've covered it. I I consider them one true pairing, so I hope they come back to it. <laughs> yeah, maybe in the end they'll end up together once everyone's um, been cured. Yeah. Oh, or or everybody's a zombie. <laughs> um, uh, he's he said it, it is sad to hear that though because they're both zombies now, so they can be together, uh, you know, and be an understanding couple now. But anyway, um, he says there's going to be uh, new relationships for the both of them, um, and he speaks specifically about Major. He says Major's going to have a couple love interests, and this is sound, this sounds like a, r- a riddle that he says. So I'll read it word for word. One that I would describe as healthy, one that I would describe as unhealthy, one will be a blast from the past, one will be introduced this season. <laughs> so, I, 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 I no idea. Does that mean there's four different people, or is he describing a couple? He said a, he said a couple. Yeah, he said a couple. 
One's healthy, okay, one's unhealthy. One, one's a blast from the past, and one's going to be introduced this season. So, so one is a, is a new character coming up, and one's and not? one is somebody we already know. Maybe. Um, hashtag Roger. Uh, <laughs> we have some more stuff about Chase Graves, uh, the brother-in-law of Vivian Stoll, and uh, and yeah, I'm I'm now I'm now I'm just talking out out the side of my mouth. I don't, I don't know if this is it, but you know, I wonder if he's going to be a zombie at all. Uh, anyway, whatever. Um, mm-hmm. So uh, him and Vivian have different ways they would run the company. He's coming back from overseas, and he throws a wrench into the dynamics of Fillmore Graves. Um, Ravi is reeling in misery after Blaine rescued Peyton. Okay. Um, he says, Rob, Rob Thomas says going deeper into the season. We're going to give Ravi his own adventure. I was happy to get him out of the lab this season. He has his own storyline, getting out into the world and being a part of an investigation and going undercover. And then he returns to being the moral compass of the show. And one of the most fun characters. Hey, and this is kind of a tease. This final thing this is kind of a tease for next Tuesday. Clive, uh, we find out how he met Wally and his mother Anna or Anna. Um, how he became close with them. How he became like a father figure to them and part of their family. And something actually happens to prevent that. Um, and he says, um, also we're going to get a glance into Clive's nerdy side and how he became a hardcore fan of Game of Thrones. All right. <laughs> yes. Okay, so what do we do next? Uh, oh, I'm reading the first where, line of our script. Where is it, Ro- <laughs> Where is it, Robin? Where's what? You know what? The usual goodbye skit we do. Uh, a skit? Like a sketch? No, no, no. Don't play dumb with me, Robin. You're lying just like Blaine with the whole memory loss thing. Honestly, nothing has made sense to me lately. Oh, it makes complete sense to me. You made all this happen. Made what happen? Everything. I'm assuming it's when you and I decided to podcast through most of this year-long hiatus, it broke your brain. So I figured you could just forget about writing a a goodbye skit. The listeners are playing checkers. My boy Robin is playing Monopoly. It's a new iZombie episode. We need a funny goodbye skit. Just so I'm clear, this is not a funny goodbye skit? Of course it's not. This would be so much more funnier. You wouldn't give me so many lines. Oh, wait. Uh, This is a goodbye skit, isn't it? I'm kind of out of practice. (laughs) See you around, Robin. I quit. Hold up. I'm pretty sure I would have had a two-week notice policy for this podcast. (laughs) See you next week. Season three! Thank you for listening to the iZombie Podcast with Robin and Steph. Send your feedback to iZombiePodcast at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter and on Facebook. Just search for iZombie Podcast, all one word. All of our contact info is on our website, iZombiePodcast.com. You can follow Steph on Twitter at Steph Smith. You can follow Robin as well at El Robin Yero. Our podcast logo is designed by D. Sheehan. You can find her work at Behance.net. 
slash Deanna Sheehan. Also, friend of the show Cheyenne contributes with photoshops on our Twitter. Follow her at iZombieLove. Check out our other podcast. You can listen to us binge cast through teen dramas like Dawson's Creek and Popular. Just subscribe to We Don't Want to Wait on iTunes. You can also listen to us occasionally talk about the Buffy spinoff Angel with our friends. Subscribe to Redemption Cast on iTunes. While you're on iTunes, why not leave us a review? We do this in our spare time so your ratings and reviews are much appreciated and helps us get seen by more iZombie fans. And make sure it's on the correct feed. We are the iZombie Podcast with Robin and Steph. And we're done. You think anyone is still listening? Probably not. Zombies! Zombies!